Jane, Jane, huh? I, I, I've, I've just seen a 60-foot cat butt looming over the hill by the park. Really? Yeah. Mm, sounds like a tall tale to me. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnadale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnadale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans women, that's us, or wifey types, have a bit of a catch-up about media we've consumed in the week, and do silly voices and skits and just have a bit of a silly catch-up. Nom nom nom, tasty media. How are you doing? Uh, yeah. yeah. Health. Health? Uh. How, how dare health? Where, where would you even get one in this economy? I, I don't know where you'd find one. It's a mm. mystery to me. Mm-mm. What about you? How you do? I'm better today than I was yesterday when I was having tech issues and mm. trying to solve them all day and it turned out move a thing from one plug, plug socket to a different plug socket mysteriously fixed it. You were a stressed little bean. I was a stressed little bean. I was having multiple things going on and then tech happened and that's not a good time. It's not a good time. You know what is a good time? <laughs> Some of the media we've consumed this week probably. What that have you been playing? We- yeah. What have I been playing? Um... Well, I don't think I'd started this when we recorded Quips last week, but I played through Goodbye Volcano High. Goodbye. So, this is a heck of a video game. Yes, um, you've now played a... it through twice, right? Yeah, I played it through in basically one sitting. I stopped in the middle to record a podcast and went straight back to playing it, and then that night started playing it through on stream. It is one of those like ch- choice-based narrative adventures, uh, like your sort of Life is Strangers or whatnot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, with a little mechanical something else uh, popped in there, which is that it's also a music rhythm game. You are playing as someone who their dream is to be a musician, and playing music will sort of periodically pop up throughout the the experience. I'll get back to that in a minute. It is a game about a bunch of dinosaur teenagers in their last year of school, like, hey, trying to work out what we want to do with the future and what we want to do with our lives, and oh, we got forever to, like, you know, do all the things we want to do, and then suddenly being confronted with their own impending mortality. Mm. Uh, because dinosaurs, meteor coming down from the sky, it starts off very, like, ah, oh, so, you know, projections are that it's probably going to miss Earth, but, like, you don't need to worry about it, but it's happening. And, like, the news reports over time getting more and more, like, I mean, the margin of error is shrinking, but it's still expected that we shouldn't have to worry about it. Um... Okay, well, a few scientists have started using other projections, and oh, oh god, and you eventually get the moment of like the little bits starting to fall, and like, oh, this is happening. Oh no! And it is a story about a bunch of teenagers trying to work out what they'd want to do with their lives on the impending backdrop of the planet may not be able to survive our, uh, like, may not be able to, we may not be able to survive as a species. We don't know when this is coming, how bad it's going to be, what the first things are going to be that go wrong. Hmm. Is it survivable? What is the future going to look like for us? While their school's trying to encourage them to be like, apply to universities and make your long-term plans for life. This this feels very relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, there's, there's obvious parallels you could draw between this and, like, big historical events of the past. Like, I think the clearest analog would be, like, fear of the atomic bomb dropping. But I think that, like, I mean, fear of climate collapse is I mean, fear a very of, present thing. Yeah, fear of climate collapse is the present one. I, I, I say, I make the other comparison because, like, 
there is the obvious thing of something might fall out of the sky and kill us all and we don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. And like mechanically that's the thing you could maybe point to, but fear of climate collapse, of uh, the rise of global fascism, like things we are currently experiencing definitely feel living through the cold analogous. Now. Yeah. It's it's I think there's a lot of ways that you can re- read analogs in this story and I think that it's it's cleverly written in such a way that it doesn't shut any of those analogous readings out. It mm-hmm. is there to go. And, and and I think it's 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 notable that this was largely developed during the years that COVID was the thing. Like it very clearly is a game that was written in an era where like people were wrestling with it my parents are in another country and aren't allowed to fly home mm. and I might not see them before one of us dies. And yeah. that being a very scary thing to deal with. And how do you prepare for the future when you don't know what the future looks like? Mm. Um, it's a fascinating game that could very easily have really bogged itself down and become like really depressing. Yes. And don't get me wrong, it has some fucking heavy moments. But it, I think, does a really impressive job of ultimately being a hopeful story. It is a story in which characters will sometimes have that moment where they snap a little bit and an emotion comes through that they didn't know they were bottling up. It will have those moments of something happened and I was telling myself it was going to be okay until this mm-hmm. one thing happened and suddenly it's all real for me. Yeah. But it's in there mixed with like group D&D sessions where players and the DM are like working through shit they're feeling through storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's there alongside... Uh, someone chasing their dreams, making music, and trying to process what they're experiencing through song, through deciding who you want to spend time with when you don't know how long you have to spend that time. Mm. And the fact that at the end of the day, the important thing is to just throw all the pointless bullshit aside and just be with the people you love. Oh, yeah. It is a beautiful game. Um, It has some really good, really interesting trans representation with a caveat that, like, I'll, I'll talk about a little bit. So I really appreciate that this game has a non-binary main character, mm-hmm. uh, has multiple other trans characters, including uh, there is a wonderful conversation you can uh, encounter between two trans characters who are not traditionally, like, they are not presenting themselves physically in a way that standard binary gender transition would expect of them mm-hmm. that have a, a conversation about like how that makes it difficult to get their families to take them seriously in their transitions like mm-hmm. good stuff that feels like very very authentic yeah um it's really nice to see a bunch of trans characters whose transness doesn't define their story but is a part of it mm-hmm. um the caveat i will give this game makes a decision that i don't know if i personally agree with or would have recommended uh ahead of its release which is the main character's dead name comes up, I think, twice. Right. Um, I understand entirely what they're trying to do by bringing up that character's dead name. They are setting up a payoff later on, and I think that in any other piece of media I'd be more critical. I think mm. that the fact that this game, in every other regard, like lands its trans representation so well gives me a bit of leeway to go, this doesn't ruin the experience for me. Mm. But having played through it twice... I really feel like you could have done this same narrative with the same strength of payoff without players knowing the dead name. Yeah. Like, I think a lot about Tell Me Why and how that game made it clear that characters at certain points got dead named Mm -hmm. without having to tell you the dead name. Yeah. Like, 
There's one point where there's a post-it note on a fridge that could have been scribbled and crossed out and, like, in in frustration. Mm. Uh, there is a phone call over, like, a Skype analogue that is a breaking up phone call where, like, it's coming through choppy. Interference on that call would have been a perfect excuse for us to not hear the dead name and just watch the face on Fang, the main character, like, drop in disappointment. Mm -hmm. Like, there's so many ways you could do it. Yeah. And it kind of bugs me that that it's not the case, but it's not so much that I wouldn't recommend this as a good piece of trans representation. But something to be aware it's, of. If yeah. It is. It's, it's a thing that, like, I disagree with the choice, but I think if any game gets away with it, I think this is probably it. Mm. Um, other than that, to talk a little bit about the music element of it, um, I really like how this game handles its music rhythm gameplay for, like, teenagers trying to learn music. Okay. You have three separate music rhythm things to be paying attention to at once. Right. Um, and they're all fairly simple. There is, down the bottom centre of the screen, um, dots coming toward the centre from different sides, and you, you just touch the analogue stick in that direction when the dot's going to hit that side. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to like, press a button in time with it or anything, just be like paying attention and holding the analogue stick the right way. Nice. Uh, you have pressing buttons in time with as like a circle closes in on on a circle okay yeah um and that'll be like face buttons on the controller and then sometimes some arrows will come down and when they line up with the other arrows you press both analog sticks down it's not complicated things to be doing but it is juggling multiple things you have to be thinking about in music rhythm and i think that really captures a sort of a slightly fumbling trying to trying to remember the stuff that you wrote like 2 days ago mm flavor of, of playing music that I think works really well. Yeah. Um it also really it does a really good job writing teenagers in that there's a lot of there's a few moments in this of like this fight did not need to happen but it is so believable that it happened because you're a bunch of teenagers and like these relationships feel like they they're the most important thing in the world that will never go away. Yeah. Uh, but also the thought that your lives are converted, like going off in different directions, and that thing that felt like stability might go, mm. gets you to make like make it make shitty decisions. And I, I think this is a very authentic. Like you took teenagers and put like low level baseline stress that they have to pretend just like oh no it's fine it's fine it's fine it's fine it's fine for a while like a pressure cooker. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be teens and. Mm -hmm. I I love this game. I think it's I am going to be thinking about it for a while. Um it's going to really stick with me. It's a it's a beautiful maybe 6 or 7 hours uh experience. Really recommend it. Yeah. What about you? What have you played this week? Oh, nothing nearly so dramatic. Uh <laughs> so I I've tried out a couple more um vampire derivers. I think <laughs> that's what we're officially calling them now. Yeah. Um Thank you very much to someone in chat on stream last week for that, because I apologies, I can't remember who exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, so I played 20 Minutes Till Dawn, which is a, it's an interesting art style. It's mostly grayscale with red, mm -hmm. uh, low, like, low bit, uh, um, like pixel arty. Yeah. It's, it does the thing that I think, um, Bounty of One does that it's, I mean, so far at least, I've, I've only unlocked one level on it. The, the level that I have played has been, it's, it's mostly the same enemy over and over again. They're okay. like little squid things. It feels 
very very basic but you are as as you go through your there's only like one uh, currency that you're being awarded it's um i think they're rune they're called runes or something you spend them to unlock extra characters extra weapons and um i think you eventually get extra levels as well uh, but from what I can see, there's only three levels at the moment. It's just had its 1.0 release, so unlike a lot of Vampire Derivers, they've done a decent job of actually getting theirs out the door, so I guess well done for that. Mm. Um, it's it's fine. It kind of does the job. Um, the 20-minute runs uh, have so far thwarted me, um, yeah. but it doesn't help that I also picked up uh, Halls of Torment on recommendation of Casey Explosion, and that game is a really good Vampire Derivers. This is the one that you've been like really into this week. Yeah, this yeah. is the one that I've been sort of just losing my mind to. It's <laughs> um, like, mm, yes, oh, it's 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 one of those I stayed up playing too late. I didn't notice that I'd been doing it constantly. Um, it's got like uh, like a whole inventory system. You're um, going down into these halls of torment, and they are very differently themed. Like the first one is sort of like it's it's demolished demolished um buildings it's all very gray uh occasionally you'll find what looks like it might have been like the the, the outline of, of some sort of building there'll be uh random bits around to suggest that there was something here before uh that first level specifically like you can find like trails of blood and if you follow the trails of blood there is like a plot thing you can do that makes the I think makes the end boss easier. Ever like the first time I did the boss, I did it with the pickup that you get from from following the bud trails. But also that was the all, the first time I got to the boss anyway, and I haven't <laughs> had any cause not to do it since because it's fairly easy to do along the way. And despite being like fairly randomly placed, mm. it I have always managed to bump into it by going to the key locations that are sort of flagged to you anyway. I do wish it had a proper map, because I would like to know, like, roughly how far I need to go to the thing that is just an arrow pointing on the side of the yeah. screen. Yeah. Yes, and there's only so far you can get by doing the Vampire Survivor's trick of, like, if I just go one way and not, like, diagonally, how much is the arrow moving? Yeah. Like, that's helpful at a certain point, but not most of your journey. Exactly. Um, yeah, just a, just a little bit more gauge, or even like a number next to it or something would be really handy, even if that's something you unlock later would be would be nice. It's got a whole bunch of, like, quests, so the different levels have specific quests, and it might be, like, kill 5,000 of uh, an enemy that spawns here a lot. Um, you could have things like use a particular weapon to get deal this much damage in a single run or um you like get a particular ability up to a certain level get a certain character up to up mm. to a certain level like get each of the characters and so far i think i've found about seven mm. uh, maybe more um it's got an interesting art style that kind of reminds me of um diablo one on the playstation one yeah it's 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 interesting because it's got that sort of like uh, pre-rendered 3D like your your Donkey Kong Country type stuff. Yes, but very much in that like early RPG. It's not quite 3D, but we're certainly wandering around in an isometric world. Indeed, and we have fire. It's effects. a painting with perspective. Yeah, um, it's and I kind of I am weirdly charmed by that. 
And it's, also, it's it streams we, really well. I was going to say, it's time we got more uh, PS1 era nostalgia visuals, and that's a yeah. specific flavour of it. Also, it streams well. It doesn't just dist- chew the yeah, bit, right? I, I asked a few times what people were saying in, in like how it was running in chat. Oh, is that going to be the one the- reason I don't play much Vampire Survivors yeah. is because people go, I'm glad you're having fun, but I can't watch this because... I was going <laughs> to say this might be the thing that tips me over. The, <laughs> look, I've been meaning to play it. I have stuff for work that I have to prioritise over it. If I can make this a Vampire Survivors type game that I that I stream, that that might be where I get my time in. Yeah. One one interesting thing I, I quite like about it is that um, the more quests you complete, the more XP you gain in every level. Mm. Meaning that you are encouraged to do quests at first, but as you go on, you are going to be unlocking extra characters, unlocking extra halls. Mm. Uh, you don't like even necessarily have to have beaten a boss on a thing to get to the next level. Uh, you will you know, basically be able to get to a point where you're bringing all the characters up. And then by the time you get to, I think it's like World 3, there's like a whole extra mechanic you can open up where you find someone who's like, hey, bring me this and this and I will give you like rerolls and like Ooh. ability to, to uh, lock perks so that they're constantly coming up and you can keep picking the ones you need so you can get your build together quicker. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really digging it. I'm very, very, very happy with this one and... Um, as Vampire Drivers go, and now I've played quite a few, I know it scratches the itch, but this one does it well. And I've, I've played enough bad ones to know when I'm, when, oh, when yeah. I've actually found a good one now. Like, there's this whole thing of, um, you have to, the, basically you go and rescue this guy in the first level. Very easy to find, generally. Um, he will point you to a boss to defeat. The boss, uh, you defeat the boss, you get the key, you go back and you free him, and he's like, cool, I'll see you back at base, don't worry. And he introduces this concept of, hey, you found a piece of treasure because you defeated a boss. Hmm. Uh, rather than just keeping it for this level, you can send it up the well. And I will take the things that you send up the well, and for for an, a gold amount, you can buy them off me. And just have them in in a, in a chest to get your starting inventory together. And that is like a really nice way of like being able to like improve your character and and have even when you've got new characters you're not starting them from from nothing on every run because you've you know picked up various bits of yeah. uh, equipment it could be like rings there's there's like rings that give you little summons that will help you out uh, obviously base protection for like uh, defense and and things like that and um, yeah. Interest like, like doubling your XP and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, extra lives, and then on top of that, there's a whole separate like um, like the vampire survivors. Uh, when you put coins into um the the shop and get like a little bit of a version of a of, of a like one of your normal stats. Oh. But yeah, you can yeah. like upgrade that by putting more and more gold in it, and eventually you will get plus gold gain, and that is definitely the one to go, because you can speed up everything else. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, but even that expands. Like So as as you're going on and you're getting more things and you're completing more quests, you might go, oh, suddenly now I can increase the burn chance. And Ooh. that's like a whole new stat that's just randomly appeared and you can start pumping money into. Nice. It, it keeps drip-feeding you stuff even when... Um, when we knew quite far along, and I think like so far I've unlocked four of the levels. I think there might be a fifth. 
I can't mm. tell. That fourth level is really fucking hard. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far. That is Halls of Torment. I'm glad you're having, having a good time with that. Mm, what about you? What do you got? Um, so... I don't think I talked about either of these last week. Apologies if I'm talking about them a second time in a row. Oh, no. uh, I don't think Interesting I, fact. I don't think I talked about either of these. I didn't put them on the topic list at the very least. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played Space Trucker, okay. which, which is Euro Truck Simulator in space. Excellent. Love it. it that, that's that's the whole pitch. That, it's, that's all it, I need. Euro Truck Simulator, but what if there was an additional axis you had to think about? Oh, no. And acceleration and, and uh, putting the brakes on were in space, so your momentum was going to carry differently. Oh dear, okay, what? yep. Yep, yep, it is, uh, it is very difficult to come to an abrupt stop. Is there an auto-parking option? Uh, no, there is not. Oh no! Yes, so, yes, now you're not only trying to, like, ah, I need to pick up this, lo- this, uh, this load to attach to the back of my truck. Not only do I have to, like, reverse up to the spot, and be going backwards and remembering my left and right and how they work backwards. Mm-hmm. But also, am I high enough? Do I need to be, like, tilting myself up or down at the back of my thing oh my. to pick up the thing? Uh, the only other real difference uh, to something like Euro Truck Simulator is, A, if you damage your truck, because uh, this is very Euro Truck Simulator in the, like, you make money doing the deliveries to level up on a skill tree to unlock, like, now I can take fragile cargo or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you lose money based on, like, uh, I crashed into something, I lost a bit of m- money from what I earned. You have to, like, put on a spacesuit and go out the airlock and go repair your ship by floating around in in zero gravity and, like, fixing the, the damaged spots between missions. Oh, that's not terrifying at all. No! It, honestly, it was really lovely. It was quite charming. Okay. Um, but the other thing is that there is some, like, narrative elements weaved in um, that are sort of tied into the um, the skill tree progression. Mm-hmm. So you've got, like, your um, trucker radio in the cab. You know, CB. Yeah, and let's say you put skill points into now being able to take, like, fragile cargo... Yeah, uh, I think fragile or a uh, fragile cargo or long loads are your first two options. <laughs> uh, and depending on which of the two of them you take, you'll start having like dialogue back and forth with like the person in the area who's experienced with that kind of trucking, and okay. they'll sort of talk you through this new like trucking thing you've specialized into. Uh, and you can like do dialogue trees with them, but like you have only so long to like pick up the CB radio and like pick a response to it. Okay. Uh, and like. That's that's some fun little personality added in, hmm. but it is basically just a road truck simulator in space. And I set I don't say that as a negative, but just like set your expectations. It's your road truck simulator, but there's no gravity. Think about up and down. Uh that's that. I'm, ex- I'm kind of I'm kind of hyped for it. I'm excited to get back to doing some just like slow chill trucking streams. Yeah. Uh the other one I don't think I talked about last week was Pizza Possum. I think you've talked to me about Pizza Possum, but I don't I'm know if you've talked, I've talked to you thing. about Pizza Possum. Yes, you were like, this, you, you need this. Yeah, so Pizza Possum is a, a little, uh, it's, it's got the energy of Untitled Goose Game. Mm-hmm. You are playing as a possum trying to shove food in your face and not get caught by the cops. Okay. And if the cops see you, you gotta break line of sight, go hide in the bushes, wait until the coast is clear. Go find more food, eat a bunch of food, shove food in your face. You're just a happy little possum trying to shove food in your face. Relatable. Eat enough food, the gate opens, you progress to the next area. Okay. Um, there are things you unlock uh, as you progress to like help uh, deal with the, the police dogs that are trying to chase you. Like You might get a power-up that's like, 
uh, drop a bone behind you and they'll get distracted by the bone and that'll give you some time to run away mm. or energy drink so you're suddenly like running double speed. <laughs> um, one thing... No, a highly caffeinated possum. Right. Uh, one thing I really like is there is a risk reward to being seen by the cops. Um, while you are being like chased, like the cops can see you interactively chasing you, you get like a, a bonus modifier to the amount of food you eat. Okay. Um, because you are eating while on the run. Uh, but the risk is... And this is just a general mechanic. If you eat lots of food as this possum, briefly you will become large and bloated. You will be a chubby little possum Mm. and run a bit slower. And this persists while being chased by the cops. And like it will go down after a few seconds. But the more you try and eat while running from the cops, the bigger you get and the more you slow down. them. You're like, okay, fine, fine. I finally have to stop eating. Get away, get away. Uh, The game has co-op. Yeah. Uh, you can go pretty far away from each other in co-op. It like splits the screen into portions okay. so that you can be away from each other. The other player, I don't remember what animal the other player is. It's not a possum. <laughs> You're playing another... I think you might be a raccoon. A raccoon. Makes sense. Yeah. It's not far off. It's something very possum adjacent. But uh, yeah, it's it's charming and it's silly and there's not much to say about it other than it's... It's less puzzly and more arcadey, but it's the vibe of co-op Untitled Goose Game. Excellent. And I, I'm kind of charmed by it. Mm, I'm ready for this. Yeah. What about you? What show, uh, you played anything else this week? Um, we played Barrage, which we haven't played in ages. Yeah. This is that game, that board game about like making money by controlling like water energy production plants. Yeah. So you're basically working on water management and hydroelectrics and you're you have five rounds of this game of building dams making the dams higher building conduits to move uh water from behind dams to your um energy production facilities and then like like how will you manage that like there's things of Perhaps you want to send water in a particular direction so that you can use it again later, or do you want to spend more money getting a conduit right at the top of the map, which is going to cost you a lot of money, but potentially mean that you're getting a huge amount out of it? Meaning that you get first dibs on that water, potentially. Um, Yeah, it is a real puzzle of like working out how to manage sporadic water flow and double dipping on getting energy more than once out of the same amount of water flow, and sort of competing with the other person to be like, water's going to hit this dam, both of us will have access to it, who's going to cash it in? Yep. Uh, <laughs> competitive hydroelectric dam management. Oh, yes. Uh, it's a it's a fun game. It is. I can see why it's like a 4.05 on PGG for weight out of, out of 5. It's 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 certainly one of the heavier ones, especially like set up and, and tear down. It's it's a real there's not enough time for all of the things I want to be doing kind of game. Yeah, like you have such limited resources that like like you you still won and had this whole thing of like oh you, like your whole first half of the game was like oh no I don't. No, I've definitely done this wrong. Oh, oh no, I'm in, I'm in danger. I, I made zero energy production at all in the first year, and but then you set kind yourself of up beautifully. I set myself up beautifully for the for the long term late game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. So even so, we weren't that far apart, apart in schools. We took nope. very different approaches and ended up with very similar end placements. Oh yes, 
it's a well-balanced game, it seems, in that regard. I think so. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I'm enjoying getting Barrage out again, even if it was a bit of a... That's another game that needs a fucking insert, because it did not come with one. Um, mm. And it is it is a lot to set up and tear down. Yes. <sighs> what about you? Have you played anything else? Uh, I mean, the only other thing I played a bit of was Starfield. <laughs> I, I did not stick with it. Uh, no. Here's... Here's my Starfield experience. Um, it's a Bethesda game, and I don't get on with those at the best of times. It's a first person... The Bethesda of times? <laughs> it is a first-person shooter with zero options for, like, aim assist. Um, and, like, you have limited ammo, and that combination does not go well for me because I miss most of my shots and then have no ammo. Uh, also, it is a primarily... it Well... It is a game that has a third-person mode mm-hmm. that you cannot access until after the tutorial, and the game keeps changing from... If you put it in third-person, it keeps shoving you into first-person, and even the third-person doesn't work very well, and as someone that's prone to motion sickness, it really kept ringing its head on this game. Yeah, you were saying it was getting quite rocky even in, in third-person. Yeah, it was It was worst. In indoor environments, because the problem is the game was clearly not designed for third person. It was bolted on at some point. And the problem with that is there is not enough room inside indoor environments for the third person camera to be at the distance it wants to be at. Ah. And therefore, you will turn the camera and it will, like, weirdly intersect with a wall and get confused and, like, zoom into... Things intersecting with a wall in a Bethesda game. Yeah, third person is weirdly nauseating, uh, not much better than first person. So we're going to have to bring back the skits of uh, Bethesda Hospital, yeah? <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> um, the game has like it has an accessibility menu, and the accessibility menu is subtitles, yes or no. Second subtitles, yes or no. Iron sights could be a toggle. Menu text big. That's it, that's it. Well, it- I feel access, <laughs> access to... Yeah, um, I've heard a lot of people talking about, like, ah, well, like, by the time I got to the end of my first 70-hour playthrough, I realised how amazing it was, and I'm like, it's just not, it's just not doing it for me. Yeah. It's it's just not doing it. Yeah, as as someone who, like, constantly gets asked, like, how how come you don't play Skyrim? It feels like such your game. I remind them that. I played Arena and Daggerfall and uh, Oblivion and Morrowind and I didn't like any of them. I didn't get on with any of them. I really struggled with the ones that I really, really tried with and I just got very quickly bored with the others and so I haven't bothered playing Skyrim and I think I'm just not going to bother with this either, especially with an £82 special edition. Yes, it's, um, I gave it a look in order to do some, like, for work stuff. Yeah. But to play, to play, also, I'm gonna make a fucking video about this in the next week or so, mm-hmm. but this th- fucking bullshit trend that's growing of access it five days early if you pay extra. No, that's not accessing it five days before release. What you've done is, is gone. This is the release date. If you don't pay us extra, you get a five-day wait yeah. added on. You're not playing it five days early. Everyone else is being held hostage to play it five days late. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I paid the fucking, what was it, 30 quid to upgrade the Game Pass version to be able to be played five days early to be able to stream it to go. 
have a look at this bullshit. I didn't realise it was on Game Pass. It's on Game Pass, but I think I think by today you can play it on regular Game Pass. Okay. Um, but yes, it was one of those pay extra on top of Game Pass to play it early, and I was like, I can justify it for work because I need to show off the accessibility bullshit going on and like be aware of it. But having tried it, I'm like, this was... It's just not the game for me. Yeah, and I, since we have roughly the same PC build, how does it run? Uh, I'm playing it on the, the Xbox. Oh, okay. Because I was like, I'm, I can probably guarantee a better, exp- like a, a consistent planned experience yeah. on this. If, if it had been on Game Pass already, I might have picked it up on PC because if it didn't run well, I, it, I'd lost nothing. Mm. But I'm going to put actual money down to find out it ran like shit. That's fair. Yeah, Starfield, look. I'm glad for all of you who were loving it. It just didn't click in for me. Mm-hmm. Give, look, give me like a tiny bit of aim assist, and I'd probably have a better time. Yeah. Also, like, give us like a proper heads up about fucking accessibility stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a game I've been and um, keep looking at recently. Dave the Diver. Mm. I assume this has popped up at some point in into your feed somewhere. Yes. And it looks like an interesting, fun, like, exploration management type game, but it has a lot of those, like, repeated lefty-righty click things yeah. and, like, everywhere I've looked for accessibility on that can't find it. So, at some point, yeah. I'm just going to ask Echo, who I know has it, so... <laughs> yes, yes. It's, um... Hey, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this one directly. Xbox, this is the second time in twelve months that you have, or maybe eighteen months, that you have released a game under this bullshit. Pay extra to play it five days early rather than it being day one on Game Pass thing. Mm-hmm. And both of those games, it was uh, uh, Starfield and Forza Horizon Five, I think that I can think of that did this. Uh, that didn't talk about accessibility at all before release and did not have any reviews before the game was already on sale. And, like, not having accessibility info before release and pay extra to play, pay it at, play it at release not knowing whether it's accessible is a really fucking bullshit combination. Yes, it I, is. I'm not okay with that combo. That's, that's um, You know, both of those things in isolation are shitty. You put them together, fuck off. Um, anyway, you playing anything else this week? No, nope, that's it for me. What about well, you? No, that's about it. Well then. <gasps> Time for this. Oh my god, hi! 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 Hi, hi, it's me, Sarah. We, we, uh, from, from the, in- from the internet. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how, how's, how's all the, all the things? No, it's, it's, it's going well. It's going well, you know. Um, life's been good, life's been good. Uh, how about you? Yeah, you know all the all the all the all the all the usual stuff that that um I uh uh mm, oh hey it's uh, oh is that you uh, be, uh cheesy biscuit liquor uh, yeah yeah of course it's cheesy biscuit liquor cheesy biscuit liquor yeah which I knew the whole time and I am very. Glad to be interacting with you in the usual way. How about that stuff? Mm? I guess it's hard to do when you're not acting in the usual emoticons uh, <laughs> and 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 stuff. But um, definitely you knew who I was the whole time. The whole time, you don't always look like Katsune Miku with the moustache and the monocle. monocle. Why would I think that you usually look like a Sunimuku with a moustache and a monocle? I mean, I could put on the moustache and monocle if it helped. 
Oh shit, it's Sarah. I mean, she's a biscuit liquor. Oh shit. Have you ever dreamed of bathing in custard? Mm-hmm. Having a glitter fight with a giant squirrel? Ah. Uh-huh. Dressed up in opalescent spandex and just twirling around in a six-room bouncy castle featuring a bouncy moat and bouncy drawbridge? Yeah. Dressing up as a giant dinosaur and destroying a miniature city. Yeah. Come on down to a world of whimsy. It's a free day out for all the family, built on the recently repossessed site of Sandringham Palace. World of whimsy. Bibla Revolution. So, what have you put in your eyes? What have you watched? It's not been a watch-heavy week. I've been doing a lot of, like... Not that we can talk about. No. It's, it's either been watching stuff we can't talk about or playing stuff that I can't talk about. It's been a busy oh, one Oh, yes, of those. you've been very hush-hush this week. I've, yes. been, I've been doing a bunch of stuff I can't talk about, which has eaten into my watching time. Yeah. Uh, but I did watch a Tom Scott video on YouTube that got put up this mm. week called Why Are Adverts So Loud? Um, that was less so about the volume of adverts and more an interesting conversation about what sound is and the two different ways that we define sound depending on which group of scientists you're asking. Okay, and is this the sound versus noise thing? Or? Yeah, so this is like the actual amplitude of like how much a thing is moving the hairs in your ear right? versus perceived volume to the brain. Like luffs? Uh, yeah, so we're looking at like luffs versus decibels and why decibels don't make sense on a standard scale and you have to do them on a logarithmic scale. Um, Except, like, there's... Even within decibels, there's two different ways that people... There's two different scales for decibels, depending on whether you are a scientist talking about decibels or a music engineer talking about decibels. Okay. Because, like, a logarithmic scale is not useful for someone with a dial on their mixing desk, but it is important for other aspects. And then talking about, like, how the frequency of a noise changes its perceived volume. And you can have a thing that is technically quiet, but sounds loud, and a thing that sounds incredibly loud, but is technically quiet. Yes. And it was just a really interesting video about sound and volume and how we talk about them. Mm -hmm. And then sort of wrapping that into... What is to stop an advert being loud, and what we mean by that advert was loud? Okay. Uh, interesting video. Yeah. Um, also watched a YouTube video on the Polygon YouTube channel called Why Tears of the Kingdom's Physics Are So Mind-Blowing, uh, which is a really, really interesting video uh, interviewing a bunch of game developers about... Uh, specifically, this was kicked off by a tweet in which a game developer ha- posted a GIF, and it's... You know that shrine in Tears of the Kingdom that has, like, uh, suspension bridges that aren't connected at the other end? Yes. And you need to, like, connect them with, like, Ultra Hand, and then you can walk across the bridge. Where he connected one end of this bridge to a contraption of, like, some wheels and uh, and a thing, and had the wheels roll through the lava until the, the suspension bridge was taut? Yes. Not connected at the other end, and then walked across it as a taut suspension bridge because the cu- the wheel's trying to continue to move forward. Is that not what you're supposed to do? Because that's what I did. So, I don't know whether it's what, what you're meant to do or not, but this person going, like, let me explain to you why that's fucking bonkers that that works. And, right. like, how that breaks all the rules of how you're supposed to do physics in games. <laughs> um, and pointing at things like, 
that shrine where you're, uh, or uh, that part in the game where you're trying to get a door to raise and there's chains that are yeah, being turned yeah, by I the wheels. Uh, and the developer, when they got to that, one of the developers in the video, when they got to that bit was like, okay, yeah, that's like a canned physics uh, thing going, oh, nope, I'm just going to build my own. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, there's just a bunch of game developers enthusing excitedly and ending confusion of, mm. like, the things about that game that are like, that's not, that's not how you do anything. How? Please come to GDC you, and talk to wiz- us about this. How do you, you, you fucking wizards. <laughs> um, it, it's a, it's a lovely video to watch. I watched some of it with you and it's, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, what about you? What have you watched this week? Uh, well, it's, it's been a bit of a weird one of, of, of things that I can actually talk about. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I watched uh, a Strange Eons video called uh, The Historic Fandom Schemes of BitOfEarth.net. I keep seeing this in my recommendations and haven't watched it yet. Tell me about this. Okay, so Bit of Earth was a Lord of the Rings fan community. Okay. Uh, and the, there was this person who basically seemed like they were trying to start a cult, really. There was a lot of weird grandiosity from them claiming that they could, like, channel spirits of characters from Lord of the Rings. Oh, that whole, that whole stuff, yes. And, and, like, getting Sean Astin involved in, like, some charity work. And, and seemingly there being, like, a whole big, a whole bunch of things to just try and suck Sean Astin into this initially. And then later, like, uh, Elijah Wood as well, although that didn't really work out. And uh, scamming, like, a whole bunch of members of the community for money and air miles and all sorts of other things. Trying to put on events, uh, trying to get, like, random free stuff for this sort of a charity... Like, they were like, every, all of the profits for this event we're going to host will be going to this library. And the library's like, we never got any money. But we did get the deck they built us. Even though that we said we didn't want the deck because we couldn't afford the maintenance of it in the first place. Because oh. like, they, they they basically went to Sean Aston with this whole thing of, yeah, we're going to build a garden. I was like, okay, cool. Um, cause, and, and it'll be for, for ch- children with, with, you know, and, and it'll be just something nice for them to have and, and read and, and so forth. And, like, he got involved and, like, was willing to, like, put his face on various things. And they got to the library and the library was like, we don't want the, you've announced that you're building this, this garden here. We, we can't afford to maintain it. We don't have the budget for it. We don't have the time for it. And you don't have the right to do it here. So mm. they ended up finding like a different location. There's people like going and begging for the for the wood for the decking without realizing that like this is thousands and thousands of dollars worth of of lumber they're basically asking for for free uh, on very short notice and and it is an a bizarre saga. It's nearly two hours long. I get the impression there is more to it, but that is. Part one. Um, this fascinating, charismatic leader who goes from, I am, you know, this, this is how people know me, this is how I'm known on the internet, to, uh, I've died, but I was channeling Elijah Wood at the time, so although my soul has died, the vacuum was filled by Elijah Wood's duplicate soul that was within me at the time, and 
Yeah, it's fucking wild. Mm. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, there were, like a brief cult house where they had like a bunch of like young 20-somethings and, and even a couple of, of younger members living in this house. And uh, this like m- main character of the story basically like stopping them from sleeping and making random demands of them and you know all the real sort of cult programming type stuff and um it is a wild ride (laughs) yeah um but uh which is interesting because i'd never heard of any of this stuff uh what about you have you watched anything else Ah, that's about it for me for stuff i can talk about okay well i have also watched um the game can barely handle this Building a canyon-spanning tightrope <gasps> into the kingdom oh, we... on the outside Xbox channel. Oh, we watched this together. I've it watched this a... twice. It was a fucking journey is what this was. It really was. Uh... Uh, so the challenge was, can you build uh, a, a tightrope of just straight logs put together to cross the biggest canyon in Breath of the Wild? It's the one down the left-hand side that sort of runs sort of south of Hebra, um, like Tabantha. Is it Tabantha Canyon? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it runs right down into the, like, the, uh, secret temple. Yes. And the game has a, a, a wild time trying to move an object that long. And then there's the whole falling down the canyon with it, but refusing to give up on it. So trying to very carefully get it back up the canyon without breaking it or getting attacked by the Yiga and, and dropping it again. And it's like an hour and 19 minutes of just, just nail biting tension and adventure and thrills and chills. Just a huge amount of, I'm determined to prove I'm right. I can, we can do this. Okay. We'll, we'll we'll try it over here. We'll try over there. And it's, um, it's, uh, Luke piloting, uh, with Ellen and, um, John, producer John in the background. Uh, just making suggestions, and it is just a wild experience. And uh, you will not believe the sorts of things that might happen to a Lionel. I... It, it's a fucking, it's a fucking adventure. That <laughs> yeah, it's it's so worth a watch if you have time to kill. Uh, yeah, it's it is a wild, wild time. Uh, but not a Breath of the Wild time. Instead, a Tears of the Kingdom time. Yeah. But yeah, um, what about you? You haven't watched anything else, so no. I guess that means well then. <gasps> Time for this. Hey, Laura. Yeah. We've got a new sponsor. <gasps> Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you do you listen to music? I do listen to music. Have you reached a point in your life where you go grumble, grumble, grumble? This pop music the kids are listening to these days—that's I mean, not music. Blah blah blah. I mean, not necessarily that, but you know, I—it's I, been a while since I've liked anything as much as I did when I was a teenager. You know, you know uh, how it is. You've fallen into that thing of ah, uh, yes, the the good music was <laughs> yes. between. When I was in high school and my mid-twenties. Exactly. The, the, the only good era of music was between when I was 14 and 25, and music outside <laughs> of that sucked. <laughs> no, I, that's not right, but I feel that way sometimes. Well, this week's sponsor, Is It Bad or Am I Just Getting Old? Old.lol.net. It's an app for helping you determine if today's music is really worse, or if you're just not 16 anymore. 
Well, well, that that seems like a like a useful bit of technology, and um, I've I have I have my suspicions about what this program might be. Mm-hmm. I can't prove it. Right. I think it might just be a button that when you press it, it says it's just you. You're getting old. Like I don't know <laughs> if it will ever. I don't know if it's programmed to say that like the music is actually bad. It's not just you. I feel like it's all just we're getting old and we don't like new things. I mean, I I quite enjoy new things. Yeah. I listen to a lot of King Gizzard and the I, mean, I do listen to I do listen to new things, but occasionally I'd be like, oh, these young people are not as into the genre as I was into as I was. You know how it is. It's right up there with them taking the fucking headphone slot off of phones. Not releasing phones with a fucking headphone jack. All right, Grandma. Can I ask, All right, can I Grandma, ask for the we'll get you a cup of tea. Is that, is that actually bad or is it just because I'm getting old? It's just because I'm getting old, isn't it? We'll get you a cup of tea, Grandma. Okay. Tuck you back in. <laughs> Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh, we got some mess to clean up. Sure. What? What this time? What What could possibly have gone wrong now? Overpromising Peter got out of his office. I thought we had, like, locked him in there after the last time. Yeah, but some cleaner went past the office and, like, he promised that if he let him out, like, riches and gold beyond his wildest yeah, dreams yeah, would be promised. Yeah, he made, yeah, a, bunch yeah, yeah. Of, he made a, bunch, a bunch of unrealistic promises about what he could deliver and then did not deliver the things he promised and... Exactly as was fabled. Indeed, exactly as was fabled. And um, we've got him back under control. we got right, him under right. containment again. But he has made a bunch of promises to the press again. Oh, um, he's like, he's, it's all in black and white now, I guess. Oh, it's it, it sure is. It sure is happening. Uh, so the press have been told that uh, Call of Duty is going to be a thousand hour long game with uh, six different campaigns. And the game itself will be sentient and will uh, have meaningful relationships with you, the player. God damn it. It's not like we can fire the guy because he makes up such bullshit stories. If we fired him, he's going to start spinning yarns about us and that's going to be even worse. So, Would anyone believe him at that point? I don't know. Everyone says that they're going to stop believing him and then he talks and they believe him again. Apparently he's just very... You kind of want to believe him when you hear him talk. He's got some kind of charisma to him. Yeah. I mean, okay, so what are we? What? what is a suggestion? I, I need some real inside-the-box thinking. Well, I mean, there there's one real, real obvious answer, I think. Right. Which is, we just don't do any of those things when we point at, at the cupboard he's in. Right. Because, I mean, like, we all know he he does this. Right. And you think the populace will agree with that? I think the populace will agree entirely. You! are a fucking genius. I know. <laughs> you fucking on the fly that beautifully. That's fucking magical you, what you did there. So, what have you put in your ears? What have you listened um, to? I put a couple of bits of music in my tell ears us, this week. Tell let us. me let me find what I listened to. Uh I listened to a track called DQ by Charlie Bliss, mm-hmm. and the best way I can describe this is it sounds like upbeat grunge, and I don't know how better to phrase that. Um, it is a song about a, a person's sort of chaotic, unhinged young adulthood, making bad decisions for impulsive reasons, uh-huh. but it's upbeat grunge. And I can't say anything other than listen to it and you will understand I don't have better words right now than upbeat grunge. That's fine. Uh, Upbeat grunge is good. (laughs) 
Uh, other things that I listened to this week include um, a track that I heard snippets of on TikTok for a while. Mm. Um, trans People Are My Friends by Crackboy Mental. This is the uh, Trans People Are My Friends, Transphobes Can Catch These Hands. Have you come across this? I don't think so. No, so this is an autistic Irish rapper uh, who has like a handful of songs that are just like about, hey, be be good social. It's... His energy is the Brochal Justice Warriors. It's his energy. Um, I'd heard clips of this song, never the whole thing. This song is basically him rapping over lo-fi about, very straightforwardly, trans people, I support you. If you're a transphobe, I'm going to fucking fight you with my fists. Excellent. Trans people are my friends. Transphobes can catch these hands. Um, It is simple. It is exactly what it needs to be. Mm -hmm. It is... Sometimes you just you just need to hear some sincere like, yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you for that. That's the kind of support we need. Exactly. No, no muddling around. Just trans people are my friends. Transfers can catch these hands. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I listened to this week, a song I had never heard from a band that I definitely did know. Um, the recommendation feed today presented me with, and this is kind of relevant to when we're recording this, uh, a track by Smash Mouth. Uh, whose lead singer has passed away, a song called Sorry About Your Penis. And this track is wild. It is a chill, like, gentle lounge music track. Like, the the, the music to it sounds like elevator music. Okay. Gently, very calmly singing over this elevator music about overcompensating men who use bodybuilding to make up for the fact they have tiny penises. Which is weird, because there's nothing wrong with having a tiny penis. Nothing wrong with having a tiny penis, but there is... Having never heard this song before, the the, the tonal dissonance was fascinating. Oh, yeah. It was weirdly mesmeric to hear. I did not know what I was in for, and I went <laughs> on a journey. Um, so that is Sorry About Your Tiny Penis by Smash Mouth. A Smash Mouth song I had never heard before. <laughs> Um, what about me? Yeah, what about you? What about me? Well, I've been, I've been on my, um, Magnus Archives. Yes, you trip have. Still, I have, I, gosh, I'm nearly 140 episodes into that, proving just how quickly you can get through it if you really try. Um, and I, yeah, I, I think I, I'd never really twig just how short the episodes are generally. Yeah. Like, by the time you skip through the, the adverts and stuff, and the out, like, the random outro bits and, the number of Amex adverts on that damn show. Uh, like, at the moment at least, because it's all fluid. But I didn't realise how short the actual episodes were. For the most part, they're only like 15, 20 minutes long. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you can get through it. It's it's kind of like old British sitcoms, realising that you, you, like this the whole thing yeah. that seemed like to be such a big part of my youth. It was these were six twenty minute episodes a year. And and I think like particularly for a re-listen of something like the yeah. Magnus Archives, where it's like you can more easily have it as a background thing rather than oh, yeah. needing to be like, I need to be focused entirely on this mm. so I don't miss anything. It helps with that. Yeah, I mean it's been great while I've been like painting minis. Because yeah. I've I've nearly finished well, I've finished painting all of the side minis. All the side minis are finished painting. Um, they are currently being varnished. Most of them have already gone back in the box. Yay. We've still got the uh, blue faction, need a little bit of something done to them, and uh, the uh, like. leaders of most of the factions need another layer of matte varnish, because 
they're a bit shiny at the moment. But yeah, I've I've been enjoying listening to to Magnus again. It's really it's a really good show. And here we are, like so many versions of it, uh, or, or so many listens through now, and I am still picking up new things. It's that whole thing of me needing to be like into like I don't generally remember people people's names unless I've met them several times. Hmm. For, unless they have a particularly unique name, like I this I think this is why I used to really like um, "Don't Stay In" and the "Don't Stay In" community. Because when I first started raving, you'd be introduced to everyone. It's like, "Hi, this is Shroom. Cool, Shroom. I will remember you. This is this is uh, mole in a trolley. Cool. Yep, I will remember you because that is very. This is Disco Pants. Cool. I know Disco Pants. Cool. And everyone knew each other by their DSI names. When it's a normal name, doesn't go in my head. Yeah, person name. Multiple people could have that name. Give give me oh, nicknames no. forever. Like <laughs> I I love fucking handles for handles for names. It's perfect for that. But I think like this is the first time I've been going like ah oh, yeah I that's definitely that person. It doesn't help that a few people have similar names or even the same name. That that show definitely did commit that crime. But yeah, I'm I'm still really enjoying it and. Enjoying the soundscaping once again, and uh, I who knows I might go through it all again in a couple of years again. <laughs> but um, Magnus Protocol, I think the first episode's out at the end of October, just in time for Spookmas. So uh, yes, I'm, not that I'm, long to wait at all now. I know, but then we'll have to wait weeks between episodes. Ah, peril. Ah. Uh, what about you? Did not do anything else? No, that's about it for me. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Do you struggle to know when something is wrong with your flesh vehicle? Uh-huh. Do you sometimes worry too much about something you're experiencing? Uh-huh. Get the app that will let you know everything from whether you're having a stroke or just bad gas to whether it you're all good or extremely low on vitamin B12. Body alerts because you didn't come with a manual. Uh-huh. Bing. Okay. Back to the studio. And now the headlines again. Billionaires across the world are hiding tonight, as it's been uncovered that someone has been filling their homes with angry geese. Elon Musk claimed that he would fight the geese, which had infiltrated his mansion and private jet, and promptly had to go into hospital for surgery. Reports confirm that the geese quickly found him in a secret bunker as soon as he opened the door. He's now being ignored for severe pecking-based injuries at St. Gander's private hospital, which turns out is also full of angry geese. I, for one, welcome our new goosey overlords. Hunk. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors? Yeah. Alright, Larry. Right, Larry. How you doing? Oh, not bad, mate. Not bad, you know. Uh, a bit, bit tired, you, but you doing alright? Ah, oh, doing alright, doing alright, yeah. Uh, been up to much? Oh, you know, been uh, being in the weed at stuff as oh, uh, yeah, occasionally yeah. happens around this time of the week. You know, oh, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh, having, a, having a think about one of them uh, big video games that uh, came out this past week. Uh, big, uh, big fly around in spacey one. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, that that game, that game, absolutely nothing in the way of accessibility. It's oh. uh, absolutely fucking pitiful. 
Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, current year argument twenty twenty three, the they're still not managing to do you know what is slowly becoming or an industry standard. You know, exactly, exactly. But I was thinking about this in a specific context, and I was thinking about it in the context of like this game is going to make fucking fucking millions. It's like big, yeah, big yeah. budget, going to make all the fucking money in the world. But like that game got delayed a couple times. Like it's it's like a couple years later releasing than it was right. originally meant yeah, to be, yeah, yeah. and like. A lot of times you'll hear, you know, these big games be like, yep, we're, de- we're, we're delaying to have more time to, you know, polish or, you know, de- work on X, Y, and Z on the game. And, yeah. you know, they can always seemingly find the money and the time to, like, you know, have these big long delays to do those kind of things. Yeah. Re- really weird that they never think, like, maybe we could delay to add accessibility. Because, yeah. like, with this, with this game, I've seen a lot of people going... Well, you know, this game started in development like five years ago and accessibility wasn't as big of a topic in, in games at the time. But it's like, yeah. you know, at some point in the last, like, let's say three years since the big accessibility boom, they could have gone, we need accessibility and we don't have it. Let's take some time, even if that delays the game, to make it accessible. Yeah, you know, that yeah. is an option that they had. And, you know, it feels like at a certain size and scope of uh, big budget production maybe you should feel obligated to take the time to be accessible and that it maybe yeah. becomes unacceptable not to make that effort. Yeah, well, you know, I think maybe we need that that whole thing of, uh, you know, just shaming developers, uh, maybe. You know, we, we need that whole thing of, oh, you, you've, you've, you've basically committed an offence to society uh, by, by not thinking well, like, to do these things. I mean, you look at this particular game, you, you've got like, oh, here's like... X number of galaxies and X number of hundreds of worlds, and you can land on any single point of your choice on that world yeah. and have a. What if there was a background to, to the subtitles? Yeah, well, well, exactly. What, what if you could change the? What if you could change the size of the subtitles? The you can't enlarge the subtitle font size. You right, can't yeah, change yeah. it to a more readable font. You like, and I suppose there's not even things like resizing the UI or anything like you, that. No, nope, you no. can you can increase the text in the menus right, the size yeah. of that. Well, that yeah. is the only that is the only thing I. Class as an accessibility option, right, did, yeah, but like, yeah. yeah. You, you look at a thing like that and you go, You've made this like monument to excessive design. You've, you've put so many things into this game yeah. that, like, just do not need to be there. That no one would have missed if they weren't there. Yeah, this, this but, all spoils all over again, isn't it? Exactly. Really? But you couldn't, you know, go, you know, go like, Here's a bit of aim assist and here's high contrast mode. Yeah, here's yeah. like, here's just something to work with. It's, yeah. you know, at a certain point, you've got to go. If 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 at your size and budget you do not it like it is not that you could not put accessibility in. It's just it's that you that didn't. You did not pro- think it was a priority, and you decided yeah. not to budget for it. And that is a greedy decision you made. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, as far as I understand, that is that is that whole company's thing, isn't it? You know, seemingly half-assing it, but uh, you know, well, we made the big thing, and everyone will love it. May uh, mm. um, maybe uh, there will be uh, mods to fix all the problems. But you shouldn't leave it down to the modding community. Yeah. Although I did have to laugh about uh, someone who uh, some there was some D, uh, uh, DRM on a on a mod for for yeah, this game, yeah. and uh, the hackers have already managed to uh, break the the DRM on the on the mod, so now he's uh, fully available. Yeah. Come on now, <laughs> paid mods. We we all know they didn't work with the last game by this company. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> wait. Oh yeah. <sighs>
<sighs> good hug, mate. Good hug. Good hug. Right, I think I'll go and put the kettle on. Sounds lovely. Nice, nice. So, Laura? Yeah? You are a person who is on the internet at times. I am on the internet at times. Well, where, where can we find you on the pond, that internet? Well, you can find me at Laura K. Boss, pretty much everywhere on the internet. Twitter, uh, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills. Uh, Blue Sky, Mastodon, all the, all the places. I'm doing a lot of stuff I can't really talk about at the moment, but follow Laura K. Buzz, you'll see the stuff that I'm doing. It's it's a weird content type at the moment, but stuff will eventually release, and you'll see, see it at Laura K. Buzz. Mm. What about you? Me? Well, I don't have that unified branding, but I do have a link tree. It's linktr.ee slash janiac, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. You can find the t-shirts I do, the music I make, uh, all sorts of things. Uh, you can find me streaming on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash janiac. And, uh, yeah, patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio, that helps me justify a 76-hour work week. And I think that's everything. So, Laura? Yes? You sing us out, please, darling. <gasps> Until next time, be a stranger. <laughs>